nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. I love doing newborn baby assessments in clinic as a pediatric nurse practitioner. I always try to get my parents to breastfeed, but a lot of times that's not an option. And we're dependent on infant formulas, and there's so many different kinds, so many different brands. I mean, I did my research, and I found that there are over 80 different brands of formula on the market. That's pretty mind-boggling. And recently, in February of 2022, Abbott Nutrition recalled several of their Similac brands. They recalled Similac PM 6040 powdered formula, Similac Alimentum, and Elecare. And it was all because there was a bacteria called Coronabacter that they found in their processing plants in Michigan. The states affected were Minnesota, Ohio, and Texas. The CDC is reporting that there were four infant illnesses, two infant deaths, and there's a current recall in place and there's an active investigation going on by the CDC. In this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Elise Shelger joins me to talk about infant formulas and a brand new infant formula that is on the market right now called Hembel. Stay tuned, you won't want to miss this episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. Having a baby is a beautiful experience. But as a parent, if breastfeeding is just not an option, choosing the right infant formula can be complicated. Hembel Infant Formula is a hypoallergenic, FDA-compliant, vegan, plant-based, soy-free formula with iron, offering your baby the most natural ingredients. Made for families, by families, Hembel is a natural choice when choosing a clean and complete formula, keeping your baby happy and healthy. For more information on Hembel Formulas, H-E-M-B-A-L, Click on the show notes at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Elise Shelger. Hi, Ursilia. Thank you for having me on your show. As a fellow storyteller and pediatric nurse, it's an honor to have the opportunity to sit down with you and discuss interesting and important topics. Yeah, likewise. I'm so glad to have met you. And the way we met, because I like to talk about how I meet my guests on the show is you took my the well-written nurse writing class. Yes, I did. It was during the pandemic and we were all sitting at home and what better way to spend your time than learning and growing and investing in yourself. So I am so happy I took that class. It had been a long time since I had, um, you know, used that part of my, my brain to think and write and storytell. So I, I was very happy to meet you and learn from you. So tell us about yourself, Elise. I mean, I know a little bit about you. I mean, the fact that you were a professional soccer player back in the day, I premiered one of your articles on my 
email newsletter, but tell us so much more. How does a professional soccer player go into nursing? Yeah, well, yeah, nursing was a second career for me. I I didn't pursue nursing until retiring from my soccer career when I was about 23. And I always knew I wanted to work in pediatrics. There's this unique and complex combination of fragility and resilience that makes caring for this population of patients so incredibly rewarding. And I've spent the last 10 years working in pediatric intensive care units and neonatal intensive care units. Then in 2019, I I went back to school for my master's in nursing leadership in order to build on my degree in education and expand my opportunities. I'm now working as house supervisor or nursing supervisor. It has a couple different names depending on where you work. And I also work per diem at another hospital as a case manager. So these are two roles that are very extremely different, but I enjoy variety and the experience of one role I feel makes me better at the other. And then in my free time, I'm always working on other passion projects or volunteering. I sit on the board of directors for the American Red Cross in Orange County And within the board, we have various committees. I'm the vice chair of our mission impact committee. I'm also a member of ACNL, which stands for the Association of California Nurse Leaders. And I'm the co-chair of our communication voice committee there. Um, I'm co-chair for the patient experience committee at the hospital where I work. And this is a newer committee, but it's been so fulfilling. Uh, because nurse experience and patient experience go hand in hand. So our efforts toward improving patient and family experience has brought new opportunities and ideas to improve nurse satisfaction. And there's really nothing I love more than recognizing, empowering, and supporting nurses. That's really one of my favorite parts of my job. And then since 2020, I've had the unique opportunity to be a member of the board of directors for Hemble, which is an infant formula company. It's been a project that is near and dear to my heart because it allows me to use my creative side, entrepreneurial side, and leadership skills all while contributing to this company that I believe in wholeheartedly and in my eyes can really make a positive difference for baby's health. So that's a little bit about my, you know, journey and, and where I am today. And that is pretty awesome. I mean, so many nurses get boxed in, I feel in their career and they just stay in one area for 30 plus years and then they're done, which is great if that's what you want to do. But there's also a lot of nurses who experience burnout because of that. And they'll blame their job instead of just saying, wait a minute, maybe now I need a challenge. Maybe I need something else. And and all too often, it's not where they're at. You want it to be, and it would be great to offer those openings for people, you know, or but it's not. And sometimes you got to go out of the box. And that happened for me. Like I I remember at children's hospital, I tried to go up the ladder and I kept getting beat down, beat down, beat down. And it wasn't until I went to the shaman woman, very uh, esoteric here. 
Uh, and she told me, she's like, you know what? You need to get out of the box and go do your own thing because it's never going to happen where you're at. And she was really right on. And I had to really get out of the box, have many other different experiences and bring them all together to create what I've created, which is so great. And I love what you're doing with Hemball. I mean, nurses have so much experience. People don't often think that. I mean, again, people box us in as well. You know, like you're just at the bedside and that's all you have to do. Like people don't understand nurses could be writers. Nurses could be leaders. Nurses can sit on boards and give their expert advice. How did you come by doing what you're doing for Hemble? Tell us about that story. It's amazing when I look back and sort of relive how each opportunity in my life has come to be. I can confidently say, and, you know, to go off of your point, like each and every time it's been because I put myself out there, took risks, got out of my comfort zone and followed my heart um, from playing soccer professionally, which was a childhood dream of mine to working at some of the top children's hospitals to now being a part of a startup company that has the potential to make a huge positive impact globally for babies and children. It's all come from letting people in, being vulnerable and taking chances. And in this case with Hemble, it was through the Nurses on Boards Coalition. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I was referred to this organization during my master's program. And I learned that this company was aiming to empower nurses to take leadership positions, knowing that nurses have that unique skill set and unique perspectives and life experiences that make them valuable members of company boards. So I was inspired to join this initiative, not only for the opportunity to find a board position, but by their mission to grow our profession and empower others. And their goal was to get 10,000 nurses on boards and they have now exceeded that goal. So the Nurses on Boards Coalition is this incredible platform where companies who are looking to recruit a nurse to their board can go and share what they're looking for, while nurses can share their resumes and apply for board positions. I had been a member of the Nurses on Boards Coalition since 2018 or 19 while I was in my master's program, but I hadn't applied for any board positions until I came across Hemble. And it just seemed like the perfect fit because it was in early stages where I felt I could really be a part of the foundation and the growth And it was a product geared towards babies, the vulnerable population that I care so deeply about. I had spent enough time feeding babies and toddlers formula in my nursing career and spoken to enough unhappy moms and dads that I knew this was a product that would fill a void and that I felt passionately about. Um, I'm so grateful now that my interview with Joshua Dunn, who's the CEO, went so well and that I was selected for that board position. And I'll tell you a really particular moment that's like forever ingrained in my memory. We had a board meeting and the company started in February of 2020. So we were born during the pandemic and our meetings are usually on Zoom. So during this one board meeting, to my surprise, Joshua had invited the executive director of the Nurses on Boards Coalition to join our meeting. Her name is Lori Benson and Lori was actually the first person who had reached out to me about this board opportunity with Hemble. And so she's like the ultimate board seat matchmaker. So 
So Josh gave some updates on our progress and Lori was able to hear all about what we've been up to. And then Lori spoke to us about her role in collaborating with Joshua and connecting me to the company. So it was this really powerful moment where I felt like everything came full circle, having the two of them thank me for my service when really I couldn't be more thankful for the two of them. That is awesome. I love that story. It's so great. And um, I've, uh, I haven't been on boards, but I've done a lot of consulting and it's such a great profession because like I said, all of your experience, like for you, all of those 10 years spent feeding babies. Did you work in the NICU? Like Uh, I I used to have a lot of growers and feeders back in the day in the NICU and with growers and feeders, all you're doing is you get four babies (laughs) and that's all you do is feed all night long. You start with one and then you go, then the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. And then you go and you start all over again and you do that for 12 hours, but it's actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed my growers and feeders. Uh, and formula is so important. Oh my gosh. What a great time for you to be on this board because of all of the drama that's going on in the world with formulas. I I mean, it's insane. I mean, I was doing the research for this and, and again, as a pediatric nurse practitioner, it's all about baby formula, you know, and I try to get my, uh, parents, my moms, especially that come in to see me to breastfeed. And it's interesting. I deal with mostly the medical population, uh, for the majority of my clinics, I'll say about 85% of my patient population is lower socioeconomic, uh, medical Spanish speaking. So that is the demographics that I usually deal with. And I am always surprised that majority of my moms, I'll say about 99% come to me and are doing half breastfeeding and half formula. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And most of the times it's because their milk isn't coming because as we know, uh, breastfeeding moms or milk doesn't fully come in until seven to 10 days in. Okay. I mean, some moms will have a lot of milk production and some moms won't, it it just goes up and down. Right. So they'll be like, Oh, just to make sure your baby doesn't get dehydrated, you know, go ahead and give them formula, give them the breast milk. And I, they're coming into me and they're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not having that production, you know? And I'm like, well, you're already two weeks in of having your baby. The way it works is supply and demand. You know, the more you put the baby to breast, the more you're going to supply. I mean, the more demand there is, the more you're going to supply, but the less demand with the uh, formula feeding, you're not going to get that much milk in. So it's always um, a huge thing, you know, to really push the breastfeeding. And And it's always interesting. I was just researching why people stopped breastfeeding in the seventies, like were you breastfed or bottle fed, but you're much younger than I am. So I think I was exclusively breastfed. I think I'll have to check. 
Yeah. I was formula fed. And so was my brother. I mean, I still remember my mother having these cans of Similac in the fridge and they smelled terrible. Like I'm four (laughs) years older than my brother. And I remember the smell and it was terrible. And she would just keep the cans in the fridge and it was just disgusting. Um, And so the reason why women stopped breastfeeding in the seventies predominantly was because uh, they were working. You know, my mom was a working mom. Uh, I think she had to go back to work a few weeks after she had my brother and after she had me as well. So um, it was very common back in those days to find a babysitter, uh, give your kid to the babysitter with tons of formula and baby food that were in jars. And I think that this is where all those brandings came in and the uh, whole formula production really um, increased in those days. So that was in the 1970s. And then we come across, you know, for many, many years was mostly only two big formula brands. And I remember when I started as a nurse practitioner in 2005, it was Enfamil and Similac. Uh-huh. And now WIC is the biggest, uh, WIC's contract is with Enfamil. And so they'll, I think it's every 10 years or so, I'm not exactly sure how it works with these big companies, but they'll switch off which company gets this contract or wins the contract, but they're, and and I'll talk a little bit more about them and and just the shady tactics that they use for marketing and branding, which is, which is very strange because I get a lot of these reps and I have for uh, over 16 years now that I've been a, uh, an NP. And it's always very, very interesting. But let's talk about the current recalls of Similac and why Hembel right now is like, I think, really going to push out there as a great competitor. You know, first of all, uh, and we'll talk, you know, let me just say what's been going on here if people don't know, because I talked to someone today and they're like, I actually talked to um, a paramedic who didn't know that there was huge Similac recalls that Mm -hmm. happened in mid-February going on to the beginning of March. And it was really interesting. The um, Abbott rep had taken myself and my staff out to lunch. Right. And she had a huge, um, she had a lot of money to spend on us. So we picked a really nice restaurant and we talked a little bit about the product. And, and then all of a sudden the next week, there's this huge recall, uh, basically, um, a manufacturing plant that produced baby formula had a long history of safe regula- safety regulations. Um, and it remained open. And I believe this was in Michigan, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the recalls that Abbott had were Similac, Elementum, Elecare, powdered mm-hmm. formulas. Uh, and five babies were ill and now two babies were deceased. And basically that bacteria that they found was the Coronabacter saca. Sakazaki, which is <laughs> a very interesting name, but it says that if a baby, it's it's a, if a baby goes ahead and consumes this bacteria, they have an eighty percent chance of dying, which is very very interesting. 
yeah. So all of a sudden now Hembol, which is a vegan formula, correct? So tell us more about Hembol. Well, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll touch on the, the recalls too, because yeah. it, it, it's pretty complicated. Recalls are complicated and there are various reasons for recalls. Um, a few examples, like in 2019, there was a recall for false claims of being FDA approved, which isn't even really a thing. And we can touch on that later. Um, but the FDA sent agents to their warehouse and found they were importing foreign made formula that wasn't compliant with the FDA specifications. And this was for Abbott? Um, I don't know exactly. And I prefer to not even mention each individual uh-huh. brand. But this year we saw a manufacturer recall almost all of its inventory for a self-proclaimed environmental hazard. And both the manufacturer and the FDA had received notifications that infants were falling ill, which led to these recalls. And you you touched on that. And we've seen multiple companies just last year testify before Congress before Congress about food safety, specifically arsenic and lead levels in rice ingredients. So this is to me why each aspect of the production, manufacturing, testing, compliance must be completely dialed and consumers shouldn't have to question any part of that process. So Hemble is like fully committed to transparency at every level where like where each ingredient comes from and how it's made to the cleanliness of the facilities because parents deserve to know that what they're feeding their babies is completely safe and clean. Uh, so Hemble is, is filling this void um, uh, to offer a healthier and safe alternative to what's currently on the market. Uh, and it's geared towards a demographic that wants full and complete nutrition for their baby, but without any of the ingredients that you wouldn't want for yourself, like corn syrup. It's, oh, it's- yeah, we could talk about that. I have a, I have a story about corn syrup and I think I shared it with you a little bit, but go ahead. Yes. The corn syrup. So the Hemble product is a hemp based product, correct? It is. It's, um, it's cold pressed. Like, so all the protein and fat comes from cold pressed hemp hearts and every ingredient is allergen free, easily digestible and meets or exceeds like the needs of infant nutrition. And it's the first of its kind being completely vegan plant-based soy-free, nut-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, hypoallergenic, like an absolutely clean. So it's, it's for those that are both health conscious and environmental conscious. That's excellent. And hemp-based products are really good for the brain. Um, I don't know regarding the endocannabinoids. Uh, do you know anything about that? And, um, what does the Hembolt product like focus on that or? It, it doesn't really, because like our use of it is to provide the nutrition that the baby needs while keeping the formula clean and safe. So our use is for fat and protein. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of go into the FDA question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Hemboldt did get FDA approved, correct? 
Well, that's that's what I sort of want to explain in more detail because that again is a complicated, intricate question. Um, the FDA doesn't actually approve, and I say that with air quotes, it doesn't approve infant formulas. And that's even stated on their website. Um, it does strongly regulate it, but it does not approve infant formulas. Uh, the way it works is all ingredients must be submitted for FDA compliance. Uh, and then the facility that's used for manufacturing must be FDA registered. So the FDA has created a set of guidelines for companies to follow to ensure that the formulas are safe and effective at giving the proper nutrition that a baby needs. Um, and Hembel's facilities are FDA registered and the formula is FDA compliant. So the, every ingredient is gross approved by the FDA and that stands for generally recognized as safe for human consumption. And this is important because that is really the only ingredient approval that the FDA will provide. Beyond the gross approved ingredients, it's really pay to play, which is why to me it's so important to really believe in a brand's mission and values I love that pay to play. Well, yeah. we'll talk about pay to play because I know a lot about pay to play, but go for it. A, a, like a, a valid infant formula will never say that they are FDA approved because there's no such thing. And I, I mentioned it earlier, but companies have been shut down based on false claims surrounding that technicality. Um, so it's really interesting, but there's actually not an FDA approval for formulas there's only the gross approved ingredients, which Hemble has and FDA registered registered facilities. And a lot of these big companies, because let's talk about the pay to play part. Abbott, which makes Similac. Infamil, which is a J&J Johnson and Johnson brand. They put so much money in their marketing and branding. It's not even funny. I mean, these reps that come in knocking on my clinic door, wanting to talk to the provider, they have, I mean, first of all, they have a food budget, you know, mm -hmm. which is well over $5,000 a month or whatever. I, I used to work for AstraZeneca and my food budget was about $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's how much they're um, paying their people to take people out to dinner. I, my last dinner that I went to was actually an Abbott dinner and there was a nutritionist speaking on a new baby formula product. I forget the name and it was very much engineered like breast milk. And, and my whole thing with, I mean, cause if you look at these companies now, they have so many different brands of formula. I mean, I'm sure, you know, from working in the hospital, especially in the NICU, they have so many different brands. And I'm just like, why do they have so many different brands? You only have one brand of breast milk, which is so weird. And they're, and I think it's just about branding and marketing. Like the other day I got this weird brand and it's marketed to ex preemies. Right. And I'm just like, what is this? And the mom's like, oh, I need you to write a special prescription because I can't get it from the wick. And, and so I was like, okay. And I looked up the brand because it wasn't one that I was very, um, I, I didn't know too much about it. And I, there was a pediatrician working with me and I asked him about it and he had 
he knew this patient that I was working with. And he told me, he's like, oh yeah, you're supposed to keep them on for six months because they get their full vitamins. They get their vitamin D, they get their iron, they get all this other stuff. And I go, but the other formulas do that too. I mean, so I don't understand. And basically what it is, it's just branding and marketing. So pay to play. A lot of these companies will, you know, it's kind of like it goes to the highest bidder. You know, if you have the money, you can get clearance from the FDA. You can get uh, whoever has the money will win the WIC uh, stand. You know, now WIC only gives MFML. And, and it's interesting. The other day I was walking down the street. I was working in South Central Los Angeles and I see this WIC office and there's this handmade sign. I'm going to text it to you. It's very interesting. And it says, we will give you $10 every time you purchase M or you come in for Mfamil for your baby. So if you go in for your monthly supply of Mfamil, uh, whichever you're allotted for that month, they'll give you $10 in return. So that's another marketing scheme, which I just was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, what, you know, and, and unfortunately my population that I work with, they don't even like care. I mean, they're, I try to educate them about their formulas and what's in it and, and about foods in general, you know, and they're like, well, why would anybody want to poison us? That's their whole thing. Well, why would anybody want to do this to us? And I'm just like, you need to be conscious of what is going on in the world. You know, sometimes these plants are so huge that just a little bit of something will turn into a, a big bit of something. And like you said, the FDA, a lot of times can't even regulate it. Right. Right. Absolutely. So with the Hemble brand, which mm -hmm. I love, it is a hemp based brand. How did the owners of the company come up with the model, come up with the idea of starting a hemp-based formula? What was going on with them? Well, I, I, I love their story and I, I, you can read more about it on the website, but they're a couple, they have babies of their own and they saw the gap um, and they care about ingredients. They care about what they're feeding their children. They care about what they're feeding themselves. And they realize that there is not anything out there that's really clean. Like even other vegan or formulas that claim to be vegan have some non-vegan ingredients, whether it's in their vitamins and minerals. Um, and it, it's also the only true hypoallergenic formula that's completely plant-based without denatured animal proteins. Um, it's the only plant-based formula that's not made with soy. Uh, all of its oils and fats and proteins are cold pressed and that preserves the quality. Uh, so other formulas that claim to be hypoallergenic, for example, have cut some corners to get there, whether they've been exposed to heat or exposed to chemical extraction. Um, they've had to compromise something in order to claim that. So Hemble is, you know, they're like, we're gonna do this the right way. We're not gonna cut any corners. They've uh, invented their own fat powder, which is made entirely from a cold process. 
They don't have anything spray dried and that allows for healthier fats to be absorbed. Uh, all its manufacturing is right here in the US. Um, in fact, one of their newest manufacturers is in Dallas. It's called Progressive Labs. And Progressive Labs is also a pharmaceutical manufacturer. So it's much cleaner in general than some food manufacturers. And then the other thing that really stands out to me and that um, the founders care so deeply about is their like environmental concepts. And they've put a ton of legwork into 100% compostable packaging, which decomposes in 12 weeks. So they're really cutting zero corners because they care. So I feel like if I were feeding formula to my baby, I would wanna know like the values of the company because you have to be able to trust every piece of what's going into it. And that's huge with the packaging because again, with what's going on with the environment, that is so important. Yeah. And to put that consciousness in, okay, I need to really focus on the formula that I'm feeding my baby is as good as it can get, as well as the packaging will not destroy the earth anymore than it needs to be so that my child, my baby can grow into planet earth and it still could be a, a healthy, clean place. Right. So it all goes into one thing. It's so interesting in the beginning of the pandemic, I was reading an article and I posed this question to that dinner that I went to because of supply chain issues. Many people could not get their specialized formulas. I think they come from Spain or they come from Europe because I was looking at some of the vegan formulas uh, and, and many of them have soy in it, which, which I thought was very interesting. And soy is, uh, hugely causes a lot of allergies. Okay. I test uh, many babies all the time and it's not even approved. The American Academy of Pediatrics doesn't really approve that you should be testing babies for allergies. Well, I do all the time. I do an, an, an environmental and a food allergy panel on them, especially the ones that are coming in with terrible eczema. And we were talking about this because you had a friend that the baby kept having eczema, like just the red face, they're real itchy. Uh, they have cradle cap. And uh, a lot of the times I'll find out it's the formula that they're drinking. They're allergic to cow's milk. They're allergic to soy. They're allergic, of course, to dairy, which is cow's milk. They could be allergic to eggs. Uh, many times, like if the mom is breastfeeding, they're eating a lot of eggs or consuming a lot of dairy, cheese, milk, stuff like that, or even gluten. Um, I'll ask them to go on a diet and uh, eliminate these foods from their diet for about a week or so, just to see if the baby's allergies do get better. And nine times out of 10, the baby's allergies do get better. And people don't think about that. People don't think that whatever they're eating really affects their health. They're so unconscious to that, which is crazy. But at the beginning of the pandemic, because people could not get their formulas, they were making their formulas, which was uh, interesting and kind of crazy at the same time, because uh, they were basing them on a celebrity endorsed alkaline diet, which contained sea moss, hemp seeds, dates, coconut water, alkaline water, 
but they had insufficient amounts of nutrients like vitamin D and calcium, which was causing these babies to get rickets, which was a frail bone disease. Uh, And also it was causing them to have um, brain issues as well, uh, which was super scary. And, um, I brought this up to the nutritionist at this meeting that I went to. And of course it's off script because they're only supposed to be talking about the product. And I was like, Hey, did you hear about these babies dying because of these formulas that people are making at home and how crazy that is. And she gave me the dirtiest look ever. If looks could kill, I would be dead by now. Um, and she really didn't want to talk about it, but she did talk a little bit. Oh yes, yes, we know, we know. Uh, and she kind of went into a little bit of it and, um, but anyway, uh, I found that very interesting that the reason why that people were making these formulas was because they couldn't get the formulas. Yeah. Which, yeah. Like you mentioned, I, I, I know mothers who have watched their babies suffer with allergies to every formula on the market because they've tried everything. Um, and they're truly desperate to help their baby feel better. So I, I can only imagine what could have led some of them to try this, to making it themselves, um, of course, not knowing the consequences. And, and it's really heartbreaking because they're so desperate to feed their babies healthful ingredients, but they don't understand how important it is for babies to get the right amount of each nutrient. And this is where the FDA guidelines really are crucial because you absolutely cannot cut corners on the nutrients required for development. Um, and some, some ingredients have maximum values. Some have minimum values. Others don't have maximums because it's not harmful if you go above you know, certain levels, but some, it really does matter. And too much or too little of these can be life-threatening. So, I mean, to me, what these stories prove though is that parents are not satisfied with the available options to date. And it's in the best interest of these families to provide a clean, safe, healthy option. And maybe formula companies should start saying, do not try this at home because I mean, making a formula is not nearly as easy as it sounds and the guidelines and regulations are there for good reason. But, you know, I I imagine these families have only the best intentions for their children and I feel for them. Right. And I think it's because of social media too. There's so many people on TikTok making all kinds of stuff, you know, and and just to know there's, there's millions upon millions upon millions of opinions on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people are not experts, even the experts, these are their opinions. Many of them are not going on research or just putting stuff together. Maybe they read something, or maybe it's an old folk remedy and they're putting it together. They're putting it on TikTok and TikTok has this magic on the brain where it just sucks you in and it kind of starts programming you to believe that this stuff is real. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And I, and I think that that is what's happening. And yeah, so it's pretty it's crazy, but there's, uh, there's way too much information out there. And unfortunately, too many providers, healthcare providers specialized in pediatrics, kind of do know what's going on and don't know what's going on. A lot of the times these representatives that come through our door are our educators. And before I knew anything about the pharmaceutical industry back in 2005, I believe these people because they would come to me 
with research material. And they'd be like, you know, oh, did you read the new latest thing that this is doing in this research? And I, I was just like, wow, these people are so educated. They are in the know. Mm-hmm. Like I sometimes would put them on pedestals. Like they knew more than me. And I would go to these dinners, like sometimes five dinners a week, you know? And when I came out of school, out of MP school, there was a lot going on in pediatrics. There there were several new vaccines, several new formulas coming on the market. And I was going to these dinners all the time. And that was my main source of education. And at that time, the internet, there was a lot of information, but not as much as there is now. Like there was no YouTube, there was no TikTok, there was none of that. So we really focused on these representatives. And nowadays, like um, I'm going to talk about that whole sugar thing, uh, what these companies do like Abbott and Infamil or uh, Abbott and Johnson and Johnson, which is Infamil and Similac, they'll counter each other with their marketing. Like I had a rep coming in and he was selling the Infamil and he's like, do you know that Abbott puts sugar, five teaspoons of sugar in each of their three ounces of Similac. And I was like, oh, really? That's that's interesting. I was like, well, what do you guys use? Because they're using a sweetener because baby's not going to eat, drink a bland, bitter formula because breast milk is naturally sweetened. Right. And he's like, we use corn syrup. And right. I just about died. I was like, Ooh! So like <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, no wonder the gut is a mess in these babies and they start having these allergies and stuff, but it's, it's so crazy. How does Hendel sweeten their formula? Is it naturally sweet? I mean, have you tried the formula yourself? I have. I I have. I've actually tried many formulas and I'm not lying when I tell you some of them, most of them make me gag. Even the smell of them is just unbearable. So I feel so bad for babies that have to live on some of that. But Hembel's is a very light taste. I mean, it is all natural. It's all natural. So you're getting just the taste of, it's kind of a silky texture from the oils that you know, the baby needs for fat and protein. And it's very mild tasting, slightly sweet. There's nothing artificial, but I believe it's tapioca that is used. Oh. Um, so there's, there's and tapioca is a natural sweetener it comes from the tapioca root, which is very interesting, has so many health benefits as well. Yeah. So it's all, every single ingredient was like, so well thought through and, um, to take everything into account, like the nutritional value, as well as the taste. So it it by far is the best tasting formula, at least to me as an adult, I would have to ask the babies what they think, but so far they seem to like it too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think every parent out there should try the formulas, the baby foods, because a lot of them taste terrible. Yes. You know, it tastes so terrible. I know I'm going to do a whole episode on specifically baby formulas, but uh, people don't even know. I mean, specifically on baby foods, not baby formulas. And people don't even know what foods they're feeding their babies. Basically, I ask 
all the time, what food are you giving your baby? And people usually say Gerber. And I'm like, Gerber is a brand. It's, it's actually a corporation. It's not a food. So if I, I have to coach people because they have this clueless look on me, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, specifically what food, like carrots, peas, spinach, and people have to think about it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I give my baby that. And, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? You know, just the branding has hypnotized people into thinking they don't even have to focus on what type of food they're eating. Don't worry. We have your baby covered. We would never harm your baby. There's a cute little baby on the branding. You know, everything's great. I I think that's where the transparency comes in. It's like these parents deserve to know what they are feeding and that what they are feeding is safe. So, I mean, that's part of the reason I can so comfortably um, support this company and be a part of it because I know it's safe. I trust what's going into it. And I think that that is how parents should look at what they're feeding, whether it's formula or baby food, you should know what it is and you deserve to know that. And so those companies that you're trusting with your child's health should be fully transparent. Exactly. It's so, so important. Well, this has been an amazing discussion, Elise. Anything else that you would like to add on? Where can people buy Hemble. I'm going to go ahead and put the website information on the show notes, but where can people buy Hemble now? Where can people get a hold of you if they have any questions or concerns? Great. Yes. Um, So right now our website, Hemble.com is the only way to order at the moment as we continue to ramp up production. Uh, But we're also currently in talks with Whole Foods, Costco, Walmart, Sam's Club, Albertsons. So you may see Hemble on the shelves in the very near future. So check out the website. You can order Hemble there and you can contact us directly through the website as well. Um, But thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. It's a pleasure. So much fun, Elise. Thank you. Made for families by families. Hemble is the natural choice when choosing a clean and complete formula keeping your baby happy and healthy. For more information on Hemble products, H-E-M-B-A-L, don't forget to click on the show notes at the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening. 